2: Welcome to The Creep Dive. The Creep Dive. It's a main episode. It's a joy to be here. Wishing everyone a happy Halloween, I'm sure. And I hope everyone had a lovely... All Souls Day, isn't it? Isn't it today?
4: The day? The holy day? Is it? First of November. For, is it? All Souls Day, first of November. Old Souls or All, all Souls? All Souls.
5: All. I have to say... What does that I mean? I love Halloween. Never ever have I been happier
2: to see the back of a festive day. <laughs> oh, I Well, the children have hijacked it. To the edge. They've hijacked Halloween and uh, we've become completely Americanized. What's tomorrow? I'm pro all that,
5: but I just, it, I just can't anymore. It's too much. Do you know what it is? I hate when social media is boring for a few days. It bugs me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to see anyone's kids In costume? So
2: boring. (laughs) I barely want to see my kids in costume. And well, things have taken a turn because no longer is it a fright fest, which is what it should be. And now it's just a cartoon festival where children are allowed to wear just any old things. They must be haunted. You cannot arrive as a minion and expect a handful
5: of sweets. Oh, really? Yeah. I did uh, a Spider-Man. For uh, Bunny. At least Jen. I thought I was playing it really well. So Bunny's two and a half. Obviously, it being a child of mine and Seb's, it's considerably larger than a two and a half (laughs) size. And uh, but I... Kind of powered on with the size two year old uh, Spider-Man straight suit straight
2: up the crack was it? I was
5: like, if he is absolutely stuffed into this, it will act like a straitjacket. Yeah, slow him down and slow him down. Did it? No, it did not slow him down. <laughs> he did a home invasion at every single house we dropped into. <laughs> it's like, confusing he in his defense. Was in there and he was like Stoffel the fucking honey badger straight up the holes of the people who lived there. Um. Okay. Wait so, now, just a minute. Are we sure this is recording? Yeah. We've been burned.
4: <laughs> we have been. We've burned been burned lately. place.
2: <laughs> so, do we have for this here main creep a creep of the Yes,
5: but this is old creep. This is a vintage creep, but it's coming into to me, um, from our good friend Ashling Lou Looney. Sorry, <laughs> I just <laughs> thought it was Lou. Um she just wanted to remind us all of the woman who got arrested for being a fake sign language interpreter. Oh, uh, Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. It's just, it seems to be a press conference. Um, and a police officer is kind of giving some kind of, you know, statement. And the woman is just to his right doing <laughs> fake sign language. And like, it's, it's just fun. It just Let seems like whimsical, you know? So, so,
2: a little prank. In the name oh, hang on. of God. The balls. Here she goes. Ah. <laughs> She's really going for it. Like, hold on. You're turning it down. I'm turning are you it, turn it Are you trying to turn it up? As a- There you go. This time it was at the police news conference announcing an arrest in the Tampa serial killings. We will be charging. Four counts of first degree murder She's got the four off to the side, apparently translating every word. This woman. We received over five thousand tips in this case. It's a serious it
5: turns out much of what she was signing was nonsense. She waved her arms around like she was singing Jingle bells, says one outraged sign language expert.
2: <laughs> You'd the be woman raging
4: identified as Sterling Roberts has a string of arrests for fraud. So how did
2: she She's the Samantha as a party of Sign language. Sign language. Wait. I just didn't
4: ask enough questions.
5: Tampa Police
2: <laughs> they hired Officer Steve
5: Hegerty told me the woman simply showed up out of the blue and offered her services. <laughs> <to
2: her. laughs> <Total gibberish. laughs> the confidence.
5: That is so good. Oh God. Like, very funny. It's a really serious case. <laughs> it's a serial like, killer case. How serial many killer right there. Like that's like Serious like a heart attack, and she's like, "I know
2: <laughs> this case needs some levity." This needs I'm some levity, and I'm here it. it. What do we know? What her other what she was charged for in her previouses? I do not. I wonder what they I were. Do not. Were they all sign language <laughs> related? I know it's just the latest <laughs> in a string of sign
5: language fraud. Oh my god! Like what? I just would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the homes of. People who actually use sign language. Oh, and God. like, yeah. <laughs> what was happening in their minds? <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, obviously, it's been Halloween. Have we had any very bad taste costumes?
2: I, I had one guy, a dad, who, I don't know if he was a dad, but he was Splinter from um, the, Turtles, the Turtles. And it was... Unbelievably good. He was wearing like a kimono. He had his feet bandaged up in the sandals. He had a huge rubber rat head and face. Okay. And he had a cane. Okay, absolutely, absolutely incredible. incredible. I was meeting like the parents I about
4: taste. and, and I thought like,
2: that was just this excellent. Is, this Do you know what I strange?
5: Offensive against the rat
4: community. <laughs> parents, resp- so we had been out trick-or-treating with Connie and had dressed up to take yeah. the child trick-or-treating over in uh, where they live. Of course. And then had come home and doing our own things parents, because we don't have any kids on our road, parents seemed very concerned that we were dressed up and gre- greeting their children. Like there was a real like, oh, you're not dressed up. Well, they weren't, the parents oh. weren't dressed up at all. Any of the parents I saw with the kids on our road. But it was almost like when we opened the door and they saw us in, like I was a full committed fishnets, Wait, which had the awesome. stockings, had the 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 well little done. little tiny boots <clears> on. <throat> And uh, Tiny boots, tiny little heels, boots oh. that I had bought. I had bought for something. I was like, I'll never wear these again. And then yesterday, I was
2: like, uh
0: huh. <laughs>
4: um. And yet, parents seemed very perturbed that we were making an effort. They're, you just made a show of them.
2: Yeah. So they were
4: angry. Yeah, I think they were like, what are these two lesbians doing at home dressed up
5: (laughs) in their natural lesbian attire? They were like, it's Zelda and Hilda. Yeah, exactly. Um, We had Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly dressed as Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Did you have any adult babies? Like a man who was arrested for domestic battery. Was he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, imprisoned. And wasn't imprisoned. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in prison. Yikes. Um, and so an abuser and his victim. Loads of them A fun guys. Halloween so costume for them. Some. Yeah. And Pamela Anderson's already had a really fucking bad year with that fucking TV series that she did not fucking agree to. Missed that as well. D- you didn't. Pam did. Tommy on Disney Plus. Oh, I didn't watch it. It no. was no. dreadful. dreadful. Uh, well... The likenesses were incredibly impressive. They were. <laughs> they really were. But like, it was just uh, revisiting her- Shit moment. Very shit moment. And she really was like, please don't do this. And, and they were like, went ahead and it's done. And what's more, we're putting it on Disney, which is, is star- jarring. True. Um, so, uh, also uh, more locally, I was very upset with Justine Stafford. <laughs> the baby Guinness. The baby Guinness. <laughs> I was offended that she just didn't do the legwork and get a proper adult nappy. Oh. It was a little kind of hand You're towel. crafting though. Hand towel. No, go to Boots, go to the sections. Depends. And get some Depends mm-hmm. and commit. I was the- very upset with that. I felt that she fell down badly at the last at the last hurdle.
2: Now, would you like a little creepy number? Go on. What is it? Today I'm going to give you when uh, a bit of a uh, jury, a jury and a Ouija board. Go on. Oh yeah, and we want this. All right. Are so we in the patron episode then? No, we're on main. Okay. Oh, do you want me to do? Here's that. Yeah, sorry, you had a little chat off because uh, my. No, don't, don't. No, you can have. Either. You always want to. You're lift always bring the admin
4: into yeah, the airplane. Yeah. Well, I'm just asking which need would you, you know that These are
5: fake reactions.
4: <laughs> I can do both. <laughs> which? What would you like?
2: Is what it's, I'm offering.
4: Do this story, and
5: we'll take this as a patron episode. Welcome to the Creep Hive. <laughs> no, no, I think we should do this main episode because we've done some topical chat. Oh, I see. Okay, right. Fine. And we've already seen so many of the patrons in the flesh
2: recently. You yeah. <laughs> know. Okay, so uh, so let's go back. And I will give you my haunted creep. You know, people are going pissed off because they want the jury and the Ouija board. Well, they can come and sign in to the patron for that. Patron.com. For for slash the such creep tide.
5: It's criminally cheap. <laughs> and there's, li- there's genuinely over 200 extra
2: episodes there's so there. so much over there. So right. much. Okay, cast your minds back. <laughs> Two <when laughs> last heard this before, but it sadly got edited out, and I'm back with well, it. no. The, the recorder just died, so so haunt in a, so haunted, it was meant right. to happen yeah. now again. Yeah, buckle in as we go back. So as I said before, and I'll say again, <laughs> for a ghost story to be scary, it you, needs you need to, to be not know the believable. <laughs> You and need to
4: have <coughs> solid people, reasonable thinking people yes. being scared. You it needs know,
2: credible witnesses. It's been on my mind ever since you said down? this. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so Jen's credible witnesses, you introduced as police officers, mm. but then I later realized they are rent-a-cops. Well, what was interesting. They were men who were moonlighting as real Police officers when their side gig was like
2: stripper no, no. gram. These were genuine police officers. So and I didn't know this, but then I, and I think I said this, but whatever. Let's just pretend I'm saying it all fresh. Let's just start at the beginning. So uh, credible witnesses were involved and they independently cooperated each other's story. Right. So let's enter today's creep. The year was 2006. Dave Murphy... Had just become a police officer. A real you one. Sound goes.
4: like a voiceover for an old movie trailer.
2: <laughs> in a world.
5: <laughs> That's a great movie.
2: So we're in Salt Lake City, which is Utah, home of the Mormons. Yeah. And mm. Housewives Salt Lake City. Absolutely. <laughs> <Gen another> classic. <laughs> so uh this is Dave Murphy. He's just done the whole training to be a cop business. And his first role was as something called a protective service officer. And that means he's in charge of physical security at a number of the county facilities. So they are legit policemen. Like Dave had a gun. Everyone has
5: a gun in America. <laughs> he was alive. Also, I was just thinking like, do you know, he thought he was signing up for a cushy number being a police officer in Utah. Mm. Yeah. Because like, and there's it's no theater. real. Mm. But do you know, when bad things happen in Utah, Utah, they're really bad. Like mass. Do you notice that? Like like the Under the Banner of Heaven story. Yeah. Or the um, Jen Shaw fraud <laughs> story. Or there was another absolutely grisly one. Do you remember we did her on the Patreon about a year or two ago? Who was she? Jodie uh, Arias. Do you remember she... They did the Provo push a lot.
2: Oh, very which has good. Nothing to
5: do with the Irish Provisional Army <laughs> and everything to do
2: with Mormon sex practices. <laughs> so, so, Dave's first gig was at the Capital City Theatre, which is this beautiful landmark, and it's inside of Salt Lake City. It's it's been around since the 1900s. To the Americans, that'll seem very old, but to us, no. But it's a beautiful, big grand theatre with all the bits and bobs that you think of when you think of a theatre. Like kind of, you know, lovely architraves, bits of curtains, few seats, etc. So early in August, Dave reports to the Capital City Theatre for day one on the job. And he meets this partner by the name of Morgan Matthews. So he gets there, meets Morgan and he's like, hey. I am going to be your new best friend. We're going to do night shifts. We're going to have the yeah. Let's mm-hmm. get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Let's. Morgan was like, "Let's not. I have no interest in you, new Dave. I'm just trying to get my job done." And Dave was like, a bit crestfallen because he was hoping <laughs> for an <laughs> NBS. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so he got there, and right away, Dave was like, "Morgan is strictly business, and uh, I'll just do what he says. Fine, no chit chats." So on the first floor of the theater. Uh, there was three floors and there was a basement also. So the control room was on the first floor. So inside the control room were all these monitors and, you know, the security business. I thought that was on the third floor. This is f- oh, first no. floor. Third Accounting. floor is accounts. Mm. <laughs> so first floor is all the monitor business. And uh, that was all set up inside. Of the- So there's cameras on all floors, cameras inside the theater. And, but like, there was fairly old cameras And so what you were looking at was when the lights were off, nothing. When the lights were on, bit of graininess, but Mm. you could definitely make out people. So anyway, uh, that was the control room. And Morgan was like, okay, Dave, now we're going to do what we're going to do every day when we're in here, the rounds. And that means you just make sure there's no one in here and make sure all the doors are locked and you do that. And then you go back to the control room and then you do the rounds at the end of your shift as well. And Dave was like, fine. And Morgan's like, let's go. So he brought he brings Dave downstairs and it's the first time Dave is seeing the basement. And he's like, holy shit, it's massive. And this is where there's a piano and a few wind instruments. And he's like, okay, it's massive. And it stretches all the way down to the kind of the whole body. It's the basement of the building. There's the no bowels walls. Of the building. Exactly, it just is a big open space <clears throat> for kind of storing massive stuff. Lighting fairly poor, so it's a pretty old theater, as you know. And I'd murder a basement in my house. I know the oh, space, yeah. ah, so the s-
5: potential for. I know
2: dismemberment down there it's, well mm. that's the thing and it's that's what only Dave thing thought the keeping
5: me from dismemberment where it's to store lack of storage who
2: was it that, it's even worse now that I have no bath in my house who's your man with who's to do the clown who stored all the ma- all Gacy the main, many many bodies he fit in there in a crawl space I believe over 30 incredibly and he ran out of space spacious yeah mm. uh, so anyway day back to the giant basement then he cultivated a second home
5: another <laughs> impossibility for most Irish
2: people <laughs> Into the basement, Dave was like, I'm creeped out by this. There's a long hallway and all the doors and the weird piano and then the clarinets. And I'm thinking to myself, Dave says, I want to spend as little time down here as possible. So anyway, the two of them head down. They check all the doors. They make their way up to the main floor. Uh, The second and third floor gets checked. And so after they do the security round, Dave and Morgan head back to control room. And Dave is like, bit of chit chat, Morgan. And Morgan's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Morgan just seemed kind of cold, removed. Just didn't want to be talking to him. I've been and thinking assumed- of the
5: backstory for Morgan.
2: I know. Well, I I'm think sure that Dave he's was. been
5: hurt before by a
2: friend, by a, a a separate security guard. Yeah, like he had a friend, and it went poorly. Yeah, it went sour. Uh, okay. Well, the thing about Morgan was his heart
5: mm. has gone cold,
2: as you well know. Mm-hmm. He, Morgan was harbouring information, mm. and Dave was—he just wasn't well <laughs> going to get it out of him. <laughs> so anyway, as soon as their shift was almost over, Morgan was very eager to just get the security rounds done and dusted and get the hell out of Dodge. And that remind that night, Dave remembers thinking that there just is something off about his behaviour and it seemed like he didn't love the job or being in the theater and dave was definitely onto something but it would take morgan a while to share with dave exactly why so over the next couple of days morgan and dave would do the security rounds because uh together because Dave was sort of in training mode and Morgan was teaching him all the bits and bobs. But on August 9th, two days after Dave's first day, Morgan was like, I think you, you should do this alone now, Dave. Right. You, you've, I, you've done it twice alone On with me. It's time. I mean, if it's just a walk around and it's all going well,
4: there's exactly. no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it on his own.
2: Absolutely right. So Dave knew it to secure the whole building. So at the end of the night, he was like... Um, okay, I'm going to do it myself and that's fine. And Dave was like, I'm confident I know how to do it. I'll just go down to the basement, make sure the doors are shut and the lights are off, etc, etc. So off he goes down to the basement and he, wait now, let me get this in order. He's checking the rooms on the, sorry, he's on his way down to the basement from the first floor. So he does the first floor where the control room is. He's checking the rooms on that floor, heads into the main auditorium space, the place with the chairs and the stage, et cetera. He's checking all the different nooks and crannies, making sure nobody's in any corners. Goes up to the second floor, checks out all the rooms up there and the balcony, which looks down onto the auditorium. And he's making his way to the third floor and that's where the accountancy offices are, all the kind of, you know, the bits Mm -hmm. and bobs with the folders, et cetera. And he is... (laughs) So he's doing all that and at the end of his uh, walkthrough, the last room he checks is the rehearsal room and it's the only room where there's no door. So you just throw your head in, you look around, you make sure there's no one there and then you should leave and that's the end of your check. So Dave gets to the rehearsal room, clicks on the light, throws his head inside the rehearsal room, doesn't see anybody, is satisfied that no one's there goes to turn off the light and he's about to turn around back into the hall when he hears a door slam with huge force right across the hallway from where he was. And it was the bathroom door. So he was like, holy shit. And his first reaction was to think, shit, someone's after just running out of that bathroom. And... Uh, what am I going to do? They've made a break for it and they're going to run out to get to, so before I, ca- so anyway, <laughs> he bathroom. was like, they're running out of the bathroom. <laughs> they're going to be just pelting it down the, the, <laughs> the burglar. It's just, <laughs> when you need to go. Been overcome. Exactly. So he, on instinct, from the training, gets his radio up, says, Morgan, someone's here. And the second move is to get his gun out. It seems so, like an overreaction. Well, as we would think, but I think that is, that would have been standard practice. Any
5: gun out feels like an overreaction to an Irish person.
2: Absolutely yeah. right. Put it away. Everything's fine. <laughs> so he has a gun drawn and he's kind of tracing down the hall and he's going to wait for Morgan to come up before he kind of moves. So he's kind of floating around with a gun pointing all over the place. And he realizes, okay, well, just because he heard the door slam doesn't mean they left and slammed it. They could be still inside the bathroom. Ah. And so he's like, right, well, if they're... So in other words, they slammed the door and they're in there with, <laughs> alone in the loo. And Dave's outside with a gun. And the second thing, was like, oh shit, the bathroom door has one of those fire, you know those fire hinges, new, build, new buildings have them. So they can't slam. It's like a metal hinge on top of the door yeah, that yeah. creates like this slow close. Yeah. <clears throat> so you can't actually slam those hydro- hydraulic kind of hinges. So the gun's drawn and he's aiming it at the bathroom door and Morgan appears on his right-hand side. Morgan's got also got his pistol out I, and they're like, okay, we've got to make entry now into the bathroom. The fact that those two haven't fumbled and shot each other. Sensational. Incredible. Amazing. So they kind of hinge open the bathroom door. They go in together with the guns and a torch and uh, there's nobody in there. So they're like, okay, well, whoever was in there must have run out of the bathroom down the hall and that he's somewhere or she's somewhere in the theater. So they decide, we've got to search the whole building. And uh, so they search the whole fucking building and they find literally nobody. And Dave is like, "Okay, let's head back to the control room. I want to see if the cameras had picked up anything Mm. because the lights were on for a certain period of time. So they head back to the control room. They go and look at the cameras so Dave can see through the cameras the door uh, of the bathroom. That's open behind him as he walks down the hall, throws a head into the rehearsal room. Light goes on in the rehearsal room. Door is open. He flicks the light off, goes to turn and you can actually see the door slam. So Dave's like, "Okay, well, I'm happy on one level because that means I'm not losing my mind. And uh, Morgan's like, yes, that looks to have absolutely happened. But they've completely searched the joint and no one's there. So they were like, okay, well... I guess, who knows, maybe mm. the wind. So let's move on with our lives, shall we, Morgan?
5: Maybe the wind. I can imagine them being like, the wind exactly. on the third floor.
2: Exactly. Okay.
5: And just being like tacitly agreeing that they need to believe in this fake wind exactly. in order to just go back to work again.
2: Well, they have, there was no other choice. Yeah. Because yeah. what are we going to start doing? Like querying. deciding that, yes, things are not all as they appear. So they were like, look, we've got to chalk this up to be like just a weird event and everything's fine. Let's just get the hell out of here. Finish up the shift. See you back here in two days. So August 11 rolls around. But this day, Morgan's working alone and Dave's not coming in. It's his day off. And that means Morgan's going to be alone in the theater doing the same shift. Oh, they always do. So at some point in the night, Morgan's sitting in the control room and he thinks that he hears whispering in the hall right behind him. So after kind of that weird weirdiness with Dave a couple of nights ago, he is on edge. So he draws his pistol straight away. He heads out, gun drawn into the hallway. And immediately when he steps into the hall, the whispering seems to move further and further away from him. Mm -hmm. So he starts moving. Heads down the hall, he's looking around, he's like trying to, he's making his way down. He hears, uh, there's an emergency, sorry, the stairwell is there on his right-hand side. And he can hear that the whispering is moving down the stairwell. So he's like, well, down I go to follow the whispers. (laughs) So he heads down to the basement and uh, he's like, and then things sort of fall quiet. He freezes. He's like, he waits for another kind of noise to tell him where to go next. And he hears what sounds like coughing uh, coming from further down and into the basement itself. And he was like, I am frightened. I've got this gun here. And it's been a weird couple of days. I am going to go down and see if there's anybody down here as it appears that there is. It is funny Mm -hmm. to think of a ghost coughing though. Absolutely right. (laughs) The, The old COVID rattle so he heads down here's the coughing coming from the basement and he's freaked out so he heads down very very slowly hands are shivering and he goes opens the that kind of fire door into the basement goes to the light switch flicks it on and there is nobody there you can see all around the basement it's dull lighting there's only a couple of lights kind of but it's not illuminating the whole thing the coughing has absolutely stopped but there's something else happening in Morgan's face and it's smoke. And he's like, I smell this smoke and I think it's coming from this. There's a door right to the right of him. Unlocks that door, heads in, looking for a fire. No fire. He still smells smoke really strongly. It's starting to burn his eyes now. And he starts panicking a bit and looking everywhere for smoke. No longer is he sort of worried about ghosts at this point. He's like, the building's on fire. I just need to confirm that it's definitely on fire. So I'm going to look for some physical evidence of fire. He looks everywhere in the basement that is now, as far as he's concerned, filled with smoke and cannot find the source of the fire. Hits every single room. He's at the point now where he's like, well, I, am I calling the fire department here? And he, he's like about to. He's checked. Even the, for a bit of company. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's checked out uh, four times now. He's done the rounds four times down here and he's like, there is no fire I don't know what this is. It's starting to dissipate. Maybe I'm doing the stroke. It could yeah. be the toast. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's okay. But he done any
5: reading off on uh, demon possession. I <sighs> know that that's a, an early sign. Yeah. That's an onset of symptoms. <laughs> it is. And waking up at 3 a.m.
2: And this probably was about that. So he's doing a yeah. night shift. Worrisome. I'll tell you that mm. much. So Morgan finished up that shift. And... Uh, Obviously a little concerned, but he's like in his mind, like, I'm going to try not to do this alone ever again. I'm definitely going to need some secondary witness to things that are happening. So roll on a few weeks later, September 4th. Dave has just arrived at the theater. He's a bit early. uh, So his shift starts at 5 p.m. He's there at 4.30, walks in and there's a few member of staff still there. And they're sitting around the front desk talking to each other. He walks by one of them and he hears them talking about ghosts. And he's like, I need in on this. And he's like, Hello, my name is Dave and I am a police officer in charge of security here. And one of the guys turns around and said, Hello, I'm Blair Fuller. I am a senior accountant for this here theatre. And I love how these people
5: talk to each other. (laughs) Lovely to meet you, Blair.
2: Hello. Hello, (laughs) Hello, Uh, sir. I am a would-be actor working in a theatre, <laughs> but now I am an accountant. Correct. <laughs> so Blair's like, yeah, we were talking a bit about ghosts. And um, Dave's like, well, I'd love to hear, like, let me in. What do you, ta- like, I want to hear. And Blair's like, well, sit there, Dave, because I've got an absolute singer for you. And Dave's <laughs> like, I will sit down as I'm early for my shift. It's <laughs> like
5: they're like old-timey
2: people. <laughs> yeah. 2006, long time ago. So Blair kicks off. This happened to me a couple of years ago. I was actually in this office uh, and it was about nine o'clock. So we're returning to the third floor, which is the accountancy. And Blair was a senior accountant back then and had his own office. Good for him. Good for him. And he's
5: seen kind of maintained the role. Yes. Not easy, although no advancement. No advancement.
2: advancement so blair's like i am very important doing my bits in my office and his office had a door two windows either side and a bit of a glass panel in the door mm-hmm. and his excuse me his office faced the elevator so he was about he said it was late it was about nine or ten o'clock and he said he was doing a bit of work whoopsie daisy what Bet was that carpet it's okay. Oh, dear. And uh, he heard the elevator engine kick off and it was really loud and it was very obvious that the elevator was moving up and down or like at least kicking off. So he was tippity tapping and hearing the elevator noise wasn't unusual. People will often move up until he thought to himself, this is strange because I'm definitely the only person in the building. All G in the hood. She's just moving around crunching away in her jacket Don't in the take background it
5: off it's so loud
2: <laughs> so Blair was like, this is strange and I'm going to look at the elevator now and when he does out of his glass window he could see that the elevator uh was moving up from the basement no, fucking no. no. and he was sort of like this is going to be interesting. And he waits as the little lights show what floor the elevator's on and that it's moving up towards him. Basement now, the first floor, then the second floor and the doors hit his floor. Ding. No, no, no. And the elevator doors open. And at this point, Blair was like, I'm not massively concerned but it is a little strange, and he was like, "Maybe this is some weird maintenance. Maybe the elevators do this. You know, they're scheduled oh. to do it every every evening, and it's just that I'm not here, so I'm not seeing just, it." <laughs> a lift stretches its legs every evening
5: <laughs> around eleven, just to make <laughs> just sure just it's to still working, keep it oiled. Oh, God, so I'd be hiding behind the glass panel door. He
2: he was freaked out, but he was still kind of rationalizing what was happening mm. to himself, an accountant's mind, uh, rational. So. Yes, so oh, I'm a man of
5: numbers. He
2: sits there and watches the doors open and nobody is inside and the doors stay open and they stay open so long that the little alarm goes off in the elevator and he recognizes that alarm and that's to signify that something is obstructing the door and it's stopping the doors from shutting and the alarm's going off and it's ringing and he's like, well, there's nothing for it. I'm going to have to. Get go out there and investigate. So he opens his office door and he hits, he walks over to the elevator. And he said he walks into the elevator and he immediately felt this massive drop in temperature inside the elevator. And he's standing there, turns himself around, and so he's looking back towards his office. And inside the elevator, the doors start to shut. And he said that for whatever reason I just decided I'm gonna ride this elevator. And the basement button comes on down ah. to his left hand side. Ah, no. And he's like, Well, here we go. Oh. And the doors close, and so it starts traveling down to the basement. Oh no, my god. And he's like, shit, shit, shit. And it arrives, the door's open, and there's no one there. So he said he steps out and he said it took all of his strength to yell out, hello, is anybody down here? <gasps> And as soon as he did, he didn't hear a response and he didn't want to make the elevator. He just just like, okay, time for me to go. And he starts bashing the number back up to the third floor, doors close, third floor, doors close and uh, elevator doors close and they deliver him back to his office floor. So he gets out. And heads into his office, shuts his office door, sits back at his desk thinking, what the fuck was all that about? Oh, my God. And he's just like, look, it was fine. Whatever. weird maintenance thing. I'm sure everything's fine. Sits back, flips up his laptop again, starts tippity tapping. And he hears what sounds like banging sounds coming from outside his office. Oh, no. no. And in that sort of foyer area, foyer, is where all the filing cabinets are kept and it's one of the filing cabinets with all of its doors out and the banging he heard he was like that was the opening of the filing cabinet doors Ugh. so he goes over to that filing cabinet wind it was the wind again so <laughs> yeah and he starts to be. pushing the, fl- the cabinet doors in there's six of them so in, in pairs so he's pushed the first two and he goes to push the second two and the bottom two go in themselves
1: oh and he's like,
2: Fuck. get out of there. This is highly unusual. No accountancy is worth this. No, no, <laughs> no pension no is pension. worth this. So so Dave, Dave, Blair is now telling this story today. And Dave's like, this is scaring the shit out of me, Blair. And Blair's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, but still, who knows? I'm sure everything's fine. Let's all just get on with our day. So Dave's like, thanks for that, Blair. That easy
5: for you to fucking say, Blair. They You're go home. Your way out
2: the door. And Dave heads straight back upstairs to the control room where Morgan's there. And he starts to tell Morgan about what Dave has told him. And then Morgan starts opening up. Can you hear
4: up. that real creepy wind chime in the distance? No? Not really. I can hear gonna. I just, a second ago, there was
2: like a...
5: And a little cough. (laughs) I mean, this place is definitely haunted.
4: It
2: is. And the talk about temperature drop. It's very cold in here. I've got
5: my jacket like a little blankie over me, dear listener.
2: So Dave's like, Morgan, this is what I've just heard from Blair, the top accountant, the senior accountant on the third floor. Morgan's like, fine. I'm ready to open up to you, Dave. I'm going to tell you what happened the other night. And he described... First of all, what happened the few weeks ago about the coughing and the whispering yeah. to Dave. And he said, look, um, when I started working here, Dave, I always felt like I was being watched. And look, there has been experiences. First of all, we had that. No- I had that night with you. Few weeks after that, then the smoke and the whispering and the coughing. And there's something weird in this place. And Dave's like, I agree, but we do a night shift. It's, ha- it's a bit scary. Imaginations yeah. can run wild. And like Blair, we don't even know Blair. Yeah, that could have just been whatever.
5: He, he has a wanky name.
2: Blair Fuller. So he probably wanks
5: on plenty.
2: No doubt. No doubt. He was down there holding court in reception Ugh. with, you know, Sharon and himself and Stephen, who does something else in the theatre. Are you all sort of actory adjacent as well? Bar these two lads, Dave and Morgan, who are definitely policemen and not actors. So, anyway, Dave's like, look, I've got this make Greg. So, what I think we should do is bring an, an innocent, unknowing third party here. And then that will sort of, you know, we will not tell Greg any of our suspicions. We'll say to Greg, would you like a tour of the theatre? And let Greg just tell us whether he has any Sees weird. Sees anything advice. strange or not? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good, a good plan. idea. Mm. And Dave's like, "Fine, I'll ring Greg tonight." So he rings Greg and says, "Look, Greg, do you want a weird, do you want to throw a tour of the theater at night?" Yeah. And Greg's like, "This is strange. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Dave. I'm a bit surprised to be getting this offer. I bet everyone calls Greg good guy. Greg. Like no, they're Greg, just like he's just down guy. for anything. Just a nice guy. Will agree." And he's like, I'm surprised, Uh, but yes, it sounds like an offer I won't, can't refuse. And And so he obliges and Greg agrees to come into the theater, take a tour in the next day. So that's the following day. (laughs) David Morgan are at the theater. Greg shows up to start the tour. So they begin the tour in the main auditorium and they're looking around, doing their rounds, but they're with Greg and they're just giving him like, you know, here's the seats and the stage. (laughs) And Greg's like, it's lovely. It looks like a theatre. Yeah. Thanks for this. So Loving. strange that you brought me to work.
4: Mm-hmm. Are we going for a beer? And yeah. they make their way. A unicorn?
2: Exactly, to the basement. And Morgan turns on the light and the two lads instantly see a little way down the hallway on the left, one of the doors being opened. Oh, so Dave and Morgan are like, Greg, get out of the way. Guns drawn to Greg again. Greg's <laughs> like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? And why are you reacting like this? <laughs> and uh, David Morgan, huge overreaction. Greg, very concerned about the overreaction, wondering what he's doing there in the first place. Yes. So he's shuffling behind the two lads as they make their way down to the op- the door that has been opened. And as soon as they get to that door uh, and uh, uh, Morgan has his hand on the door to push it open further, the bloody thing slams in their face. So Greg and Morgan look at each other like they know what's happening. <laughs> Sorry, David and Morgan do. Greg has a little whittle in his pants and, <laughs> and the door handle of that door starts to rattle aggressively. Oh, God. So David and Morgan are like, look, we're going in. So they do the nod. The guns are out. They're like, Greg, stay out in the hall. Greg's like, you know what? No, I'm coming with you. So the door opens and they go in. They lights on, two guns tra- tracing a fairly small room. And they can't see anything. But Greg lets out a sudden gasp and points to one of the corners, says there's someone there sitting in the corner. (gasps) David Morgan immediately (laughs) swing, swing around guns on the corner. And they're like, but there's nobody there. And Greg's like, oh, no, I absolutely saw a guy sitting in the corner. Looks like he just sitting was in the corner, wearing a sweatshirt, looking down at the ground. I swear to God, I oh. saw him. And David and Morgan are like, hey, "Greg, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy, Greg. That certainly can't have happened." What? Gaslighting, Greg. <laughs> I know. <don't... laughs> uh, uh, no, at this point, everyone's freaked out, and they brought Greg here to disprove all the weirdness. And now the three of them have seen the door slam and the man in the corner. Well, Greg has. Greg's escalated things. If anything, exactly, like, he
5: didn't assuage <laughs> their terror at all and the looking down at the ground yeah oh that's like
2: Blair the end Witch. Of Blair Witch it's very yeah. Blair King. Blair again maybe uh. it was Blair so anyway they're like okay thanks Greg you can go home now Greg's like thanks I will so at this point there was an undeniable weirdness and Morgan and Dave were like, well, yes, currently now what we're doing is trying to shoot ghosts in this theater. So what they'd been doing every time something happened, because they were police officers and this was part of the job, was logging all of these events. But because they couldn't log it as a ghostly experience, yeah. they were logging it as if it was break-ins. So they were like, you know, door opens on this level, somebody's seen here. Mm. And all of these this stuff was going back to the main uh, guard office. And as a result, the theater was set up with brand new cameras and better technology. And they had this kind of weird infrared stuff and they could have cameras that allowed them to zoom in and out. Like it got uh, specked up mm. because they were like, okay, well, there's a security issue here. So we're putting yeah. a bit of money in. And the lads were like, okay, cool. I mean, fine. It's f- good for us. And that's great. So September fifteenth rolled around, and Morgan's in there alone again, against his best wishes or uh, against his kind of he just did. He was there alone. He's in the control room and he's kind of trying to work out the new tech, and he's kind of playing around with the different screens, seeing which cameras go where. And at some point, he's in the auditorium screen, uh, screen, and something catches his eye, and it looks like somebody's sitting in a seat. Uh, so the camera he was able to with this camera he could zoom in and he could zoom in enough that he could get a fairly clear picture Uh, but because he didn't know what was sort of normal in any of these cameras he wasn't 100% sure of what he was looking at camera could come with ghostly figures (laughs) exactly well this is like the first (laughs) time an orb it's an orb it could have been an orb so he was like no no that's absolutely as he zoomed in closer somebody sitting in one of the auditorium seats oh He zooms in again. He takes it from a different angle. There's another angle coming from the side and he tries that one. He kind of zooms in and hits the knob for focus. And just as he's doing that, he very clearly sees a set of eyes. And before he has a chance to do anything else, like get up, hit the auditorium with his gun, this figure raises into the ceiling and disappears. Oh, oh my
4: God. But it actually, it's very cold in here, but that did send chills down my spine. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs>
2: horrifying. And that was to be Morgan's last day on the job. Do you know what's horrifying too? Mm-hmm. If you
5: came back as a ghost and you were sentenced to haunting a theater, mm-hmm. very uncomfortable seats. Ah, desperate mm-hmm. soaps. Very desperate. little, leg room. Very leg, little leg, room leg room. little leg room in the abbey, not to be calling out, but uh, very chronic. Chronic. I was there two Sundays ago and I genuinely felt like I was receiving
2: a kind of a pressure in, injury. Mm. You might be receiving uh, blood clot. Yeah, it could have been. So Morgan's quit. That was the final straw for Morgan. And that means that for the time it will take to find someone else to accompany Dave, Dave's alone on the job. Oh my God. So uh, it's... Uh, here we go again. Dave's working alone at the theater. He's in the control room with his cool new fancy gadgets. Mm. He's like, well, I don't have Morgan anymore, but at least I've got the cameras and there's a bit that feels like I'll be fine. I'm sure it's fine. He hits his rounds, his first of his two rounds. He's to go down the back stairs because he's done away with the elevator and at this point <laughs> after uh, Blair's story. And he hears a piano fucking playing.
0: Oh,
2: no. So there's only one piano <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> and that's the one in the Imagine basement. Imagine it was the
5: opening of Boomtown Rats, I Don't Like Mondays. How does that go? Do,
2: do, 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 that one. Do, <laughs> do, yeah. 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 da, da, da. Uh, So he's hitting down the back stairs and he's like, it is the, f- yeah, it's the one piano in the theater. It's the one in the basement. Down I go. And he knows he's got to go to down. This is his job. It literally could be somebody. The piano's a new flex for the ghost. Let's go <laughs> check it out. So down he goes, gun drawn, and the music's getting louder and louder and the piano's getting louder and he's op- making his way down and Town. he's about to talk you every time. time. Mm-hmm. Making his time. way downtown, <laughs> walking fast, face home fast and I'm home back. <laughs> 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 Just at that point, Cass, bang. So the, the piano guard <laughs> rises
5: from the piano. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. <laughs> How is she? Well, is,
2: that, is that? That's not her. No. I don't think that's her. It's somebody else. It's um, oh MTV Daily. It. Katie Tunstall? No, no, they're all the same. Yeah, uh, 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 do you know MTV did a great Cribs on her home? Would recommend. And she, would recommend. She did. Put, she does play it in it on her home piano. However, as soon a, as Dave, I need an answer
5: on who it is.
2: Vanessa Carlson. Well done. Uh, unaware of werfage. Uh, as soon as the lights close, Gatubin, or uh, as soon as the corner could bang, the piano guard goes down, slams down. Dave's like, well. I know that there's nobody here and you, this mayhem, I've had enough. Has basically. to fucking stop. Uh, he did, uh, he'd seen enough. I'd done enough with this theater. He says to himself, I fucked this. I'm going back into the control. Room. I'm locking myself in there until the end of the shift. I'm calling my ser- sergeant and I'm saying, I'm not coming back here. You've got to reassign me. That's it. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Like the anxietys hit. it's too much for yeah. anyone human. And you also know, I sound insane.
0: Like I can't talk to anybody.
2: Like haunted at work you may be entitled to some competition (laughs) exactly so Dave is reassigned and he's on the beat now so he's got his patrol car and he's doing the local Utah Salt Lake City kind of rounds and over the next two months they had nobody to cover the full time night shift uh, Which
5: seems fine because they've loads of CCTV and who the fuck is robbing a theatre? I don't know. There seems to be a lot it's of the It's a dying industry. Exactly. Yeah. That there should be somebody in there. It's not a dying industry, but nobody's making that much money in the theatre. What's
2: there to yeah. rob? Like, to resell on a trombone yes. isn't enormous.
5: But like, Lights,
4: yeah, they think there's a cash box.
2: equipment. Just move the cash box Took out of sales. there at night. Yeah, just take it home. So it lay unprotected until the fateful 9th of November twenty-six, when this poor elderly veteran police officer by the name of Josh was ready to take on his new role. And he was to Give be the second. full-time... That's just a wind bl- uh, leaf blower in the background. Or who knows? I'll continue on through. So uh, Josh kicks off his first night, full-time night shift in the theater. And he was happy to do it. He was not, he was quite elderly. He was, an, he was a veteran. He had a couple of um, da- bum hip and uh, slight tremor. Basically, he was like, look, I've seen the worst of the worst. I've seen war. Exactly. I can handle a fucking little theater. Sure, that, that's it. So. so He didn't know anything about anything mm. weirdy goings on. Mm. So he was just innocently there doing his job. And he was on his own. And it just so happened that that evening, Dave was doing his rounds in a patrol car very close by. And at some point in that evening, Josh comes over the radio and says, hey, I need backup right now. Somebody's broken into the theater. Dave's like, please fuck someone else answer this call. Mm. And he waited the customary 10 seconds and nobody else came back on. Dave was the only one close by. And he was like, okay. He replied to Josh saying, I'll be there in two minutes. Uh He was like, I know that nobody has broken into the theater and I know what's going on. But he was the closest person there and he didn't want to leave this poor guy on his own. And it was his responsibility to go back and be Josh's backup. And maybe look, there could be somebody there. But look,
5: if anyone was going to take the hit, Josh is a veteran Their healthcare is covered in the United States. Absolutely. Because America knows that in starting wars, it's traumatizing its civilians. So, Mm. this tiny bit of compensation is that they get free healthcare.
2: Yeah. Oh, well. Leave leave Josh at it, I say. Just leave him on his own. Yeah. Mm. This kind of creaky, still worried voice, nervously shivering on the radio you'd have to do it's it It's no nam and the th- it's no nam but the thing about dave was like he sort of hardened to it and uh. at least then he was like well i'm gonna go and he decided yes i will go and i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell josh what the fuck is going on so yeah. he knows he's not going mad and he arrives to the emergency exit door down little lane where uh, josh said he would be and josh was standing there just a little gammy on the hip Leaning to the side, and he looked eyes like saucers. He looked terrified. And Dave was like, I know what's going on. Headed over to Josh, and Josh was like, There's somebody in there. I'm sure he's still in there. And I heard voices, and I believed them to be coming from the basement. And then Dave agreed to do the last rounds with Josh. Because Josh was like, oh no, hello, fellow police officer. Yes, we will now case do the rounds thing. Yeah. And Dave's like, okay. So he'd begun the rounds with Josh, made his way up to the third floor, saw the elevator had kicked on and it was in the basement. <laughs> and suddenly the light was on and it was whirring up to them on the third floor. Oh no. So when the elevator opened, there was no one there. And they were standing, looking at it, looking inside And the alarm went off just as Blair had said. And that's, oh, sorry, this, sorry, I've skipped ahead. This is the story Josh told to Dave, which is why he fucking called it. Okay, so, and no one was in the, so anyway, let's go back to the two lads doing the rounds. Mm -hmm. And they hit the auditorium floor first and they're on the stage and Josh is telling Dave, Dave has his back to the seats. Josh is speaking to Dave saying, what went down with the weird elevator then the voices and Dave is listening he's ready to tell Josh that like I believe you and these things have also happened to me and to Morgan and when Josh suddenly freezes and Dave says what's wrong and Dave and Josh goes there's somebody behind you oh <sighs> And Dave slowly turns around and as soon as he does he can tell immediately what Josh is looking at and standing at the back of the theatre away from them is a man in the corner with his hands by his side and he's looking down at the ground. And as soon as this thing, so Dave turns his whole body then to look at this guy and right as he does that the man turns to look at them (gasps) and runs into the back oh my and the two lads were like he looks char- like charred oh, like a burnt individual and he's run out he's run through the back exit doors which is kind of at the where you might file in if you were coming to the theatre yeah. and Josh was like that's the intruder uh, let's go Dave <laughs> no, Josh. and Dave's like I am no. fairly certain that's a ghost but I will follow suit so Josh started limping in that direction and Dave's like alright well that got, they got the guns out they checked everywhere. They checked every room. They hit the rehearsal room upstairs, downstairs, into the basement and nobody was there. So that is when Dave told Josh, this new guy, everything. And Josh was like, well, thank you. And I'm glad now I work here. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave was like, I'm never stepping foot into this theater again. Ever again. Goodbye and good night, Josh. But Josh did end up he never went back to the theatre but he did do some additional digging on the history of the theatre and it turns out that in the 1940s there was this horrible fire and a man had in fact been trapped in the basement when the fire erupted and he died and he died there. Because remember there was no doors in the basement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Dave then told Morgan and then Josh again and the three of them all believed that what in fact they saw that night is this... Man Or this ghost of the man that died yeah, in the theater. theater? And, and now they, they have a WhatsApp them. group together. <laughs> Ghostbusters. And they still talk about it. And the, to this day. Yeah. And that's a real fucking story. And with genuine w- people. And Morgan found a friend. Oh, the uh, And that's the end of The Haunting. Oh. Of s- the theater of Salt Lake City, Utah. Freaky. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. You're very, very, very,
5: very welcome. Is that our episode? That's our episode. Guys... As ever, thank you so much for listening to The Creep Jive. It's a
2: joy. Every year, and I love this time of year for us.
5: Yeah, it is. It like, is. It's a is bonanza.
2: You, yes. You shine. And more, more live shows. We had the most crack ever Absolutely. at our live show. We should do a couple of Christmas ones. Yes, we will. I'm thank
5: you will. so much to all the creeps who came. And also, I'd say every week we get some kind of request slash encouragement slash demand that we
2: go beyond the pale again. Of Dublin, yes. And into the city, we, outside of the city. You know what? We absolutely will. We sh-
4: really should, especially for Christmas. We need to get back down to Cork for sure. Galway,
5: Galway Belfast. Galway, Limerick. Um, we'll I got a, a great recommendation for a Belfast venue. Awesome. Northern Creeps were coming for you. Great. Um, get that sterling in. Let oh, us yeah. know. Let
4: us know in the Patreon where the, n- we've done sold out in Cork and Galway
5: before. So I'd mm-hmm. say Limerick so. now. There's a good few creeps around Limerick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if we're like in a room in a pub and, you know, it's us and 12 of our closest creeps in the locale, we are delighted to come to you. Thank you, creeps. And head
2: over then to the patron for round two when I'll tell you if you want to hear more from me (laughs) (laughs) about a jury
4: and a Ouija board. Love it. You really tease that very well. All right. Bye. bye. Bye.